see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast back for another episode, episode 85. You know, going through week two and kind of touch on what was week one, the, the beginning of the NFL season. So I know I, I he's the other host of the show. I know he's excited to you know get the show going. So how are you doing today? Good, good. We have a lot of stuff uh, to, to recap. Finally, you know, this is uh, this is like the first full week of, you know, just recapping the chaos that we, you know, saw on week one. And I kind of alluded to it a little bit during the waiver wire show. But man, like we get to kind of dive a little bit more um, in a little bit more in depth. Uh, today so looking forward to it yeah man uh before we you know we can get the news started let's kind of touch on we had a bunch of injuries that just kind of popped up today um just to go through some real quick we saw Raheem Mostert uh show up as a DMP but they said it's more of a rest day we got DeAndre Hopkins with an ankle we don't know what that I don't know any details about that we saw Brandon Cooks with a knee Devontae Adams with a foot Jacoby Myers and Concussion protocol when he got smashed in the middle of the field. He's yeah. probably I don't think he's gonna play this week. He's he's he's, he's probably out this week. He's probably yeah. out. This week. There's the we way saw, that I, the, it was it was it was scary. It was scary what I saw on the, when he was on the field and on the ground. So don't imagine he's playing. Yeah, Jimmy G ankle. I'm um, I'm sure that's probably like more of a rest day for him. We saw Curtis Samuel with a hip. Whenever you see Curtis Samuel on the injury report, you already know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the same thing that I thought with Raheem Mostert until you kind of elaborated where he's where the, where the Dolphins came out and said that he's he has a rest day. So yeah, we got Dalton Schultz with a thigh, Tajir Spears with a were growing, but from what I saw, limited that growing practice. limited practice. But I saw that growing that growing issue might be an issue. Uh, Devontae Parker with limited practice with a knee. Aaron Jones with a hamstring did not practice. Hopefully he practices tomorrow. I'm I'm worried about that one because he said it bit like he felt a bite, but he said yeah. he could have came back in and played. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll we'll see if that we'll see what that practice participation is hitting for <laughs> for Thursday and Friday. I know. We'll see if he's capped. Uh, <laughs> uh, Austin Eckler with an ankle. Uh, hopefully that's not a high ankle sprain. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be a uh, you know a lot of uh, Joshua Kelly. I know I know people might not be mad at that, but. I mean, you spent like a top five pick on Austin Eckler and, you know, the the kiss of death is that high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And then Jerry Judy hamstring limited practice. They say he could have played last week. He like he was training to play, but he just didn't. So maybe you might see him this week. And, um, you know, and just, one, sorry, real quick, but, real quick note on Jerry Judy. If he comes back, he's just he's he's going to absolutely smash because the, the Broncos receivers last week didn't do anything. And, and Russell Wilson wasn't really throwing the ball down the field. So mm-hmm. I think Jerry Judy is about to he's about to eat. He's about to eat when he gets in there. Hopefully he's healthy. We'll see if it's, an, if it's another week or two. But once he returns to the lineup, he's going to be the the number one. Yeah. And then the last one, Darren Waller, they say he's still dealing with a hamstring injury that might be li- a lingering issue. So, you know, just keep an eye on that one for for the, y'all fantasy owners that have him. Yeah, and then the interesting thing, interesting thing about Darren Waller's hamstring is he said it's not really a muscle issue; it's more of a nerve issue. He said that's the same type of problem mm. that he had last year that landed him on IR with the Raiders. So again, I, something I, to monitor. Mm. I don't like the sound of that one. Don't, don't like it. Don't like it at all. Don't like it at all. 
But make sure y'all tap into, you know, the Destination Devi uh, injury pod by uh, Jeff Mueller at the end of the week. He'll drop. He'll make sure to get y'all right before y'all y'all set those lineups for for uh, this coming week. Uh, I don't have anything else. Is there anything injury wise? No. Um, I, I think that's honestly, I think that's it. Those. It's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's Kelsey. A lot. Kelsey oh, probably be coming back this week. He practiced. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely practiced. So that's that's a good sign. It's a good sign. So let's see if he <laughs> continues the the uh, practice participation because those that that receiving core that receiving group. Oof. Boo boo. Yeah. Boo boo, doo doo, <laughs> doo doo. <laughs> um, but one thing we we do want to touch on as it pertains to Week One is how scoring was down year over year. And so if you if you go back to 2019, going back to 2019, we had 90 touchdowns, and then 2020 we had 88. 2021 we had 90, but 2022 we had 76, and then this past Week One. We had 71 going into the Monday night game, and I think we only had, what, two touchdowns, maybe three. So I think week one this year ended with 75. So scoring overall is just it's just down, and it was pretty indicative across the across the scoreboard. I believe there was, uh, if, if you look at the Vegas lines uh, in week one, I think I think the unders were 12 and four. And so, um, yeah, there was there was not a ton of scoring across the board, and a lot of a lot of people's fantasy teams kind of kind of showed it was kind of reflected in a lot of people's fantasy teams this past mm. week. And so, yeah, that 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 was one thing that kind of stood out to me. And then another thing was sloppy quarterback play. Now, maybe it could have been it could have been a combination of a lot of these star quarterbacks just taking the preseason off and not doing anything and uh, m- doing much of anything in August. I know Joe Burrow, he missed a lot of August, and it showed in week one because he, he had basically the worst game of his career. But if you look at the top you know, six or seven quarterbacks um, from an ADP's perspective, you know, have Mahomes, Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Justin Fields, or you know, Justin Herbert, just kind of that's, – that's kind of where, where, where it falls. The best, the best finish was, was Mahomes, and he didn't have any receivers to throw to. I think his, his finish was like QB7. But Lamar Jackson was, I think, QB twenty eight. Josh Allen was, you know, he was really, really bad. He was probably in the same range, QB twenty five, twenty six. Uh, Jalen Hurts was like QB nineteen or QB twenty one. Justin Fields was like QB sixteen. And so, a lot of people who you know kind of deployed a early quarterback strategy in fantasy drafts this year, at least for one week, it. Did not uh, did not pay dividends. Did not pay dividends. Did not yield the results that you would have liked. Um, and I'm I'm talking to myself because that was one of my one of my big things in a lot of my redraft leagues is just going quarterback early and getting it out of the way and not having to not having to wait and and potentially having stream later on down the line uh, later in the season. So I just wanted to get my my elite quarterback with elite rushing upside and and get up out of there. But it's one week. Right. It's it's not necessarily a, a regression kind of thing. It's just simply that they just didn't perform. They didn't they didn't do the thing um, like they like they were drafted to be. So I think better days are ahead for them. But that was those are a couple of things that kind of stood out to me. Yeah. Um, that game you were referring to, they scored two touchdowns. It was just a bunch of field goals. And then that punt. No, it was three because you had that punt, the, uh, the punt return. So that was the third touchdown. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like you said. I mean, these past two years, the touchdowns have been down. That's because they've shortened preseason to three games and nobody's playing a quarterback. So that has to be. And then on top of that, there was a lot of divisional games. 
and half of these games were played in in rainy conditions. So it was you know, really was a, really rainy. Uh, for, yeah, man. It was especially yeah. like on those those East Coast games. Mm-hmm. All of them got hit with some rain, so I'm sure that played a part of it too. So JJ JK Dobbins torn Achilles done for the year. You can drop him off your rosters. He's he more than likely probably you won't be able to you won't be useful for you in fantasy again. I don't want to wish that upon him, but I mean we haven't seen anybody recover from Achilles injuries. And then you mix in that he shattered his knee the year before that too. So uh it might be happy trails for JK. It was yeah. just getting healthy too, man. I, I think I think it was gonna be it was gonna happen for him this year. I, I, I think it was. I really think it was gonna happen. He was off to a good start. He was dominating targets, dominating opportunity share, you name it. So it, it it's it, it sucks. And plus it sucks for my uh, best ball teams too, because I have a lot of exposure to him and and mm. very across various tournaments. I think he's maybe my my fourth or fifth highest drafted running back. Early in the offseason, he was my highest drafted running back. And then I think Antonio Gibson overtook that and he he wet the bed on Sunday. Mm. So not off to a good start best ball wise, but yeah, that JK Dobbins one is gonna hurt. It is gonna, yeah, hurt. It's gonna what's gonna hurt uh fantasy owners even more is the Aaron Rodgers done for the year with his torn Achilles. I know I know Jets fans were excited about that and then you know, five minutes into the game, not even five minutes, your your season's pretty much Back to what it was last year with uh, <laughs> with Zach Wilson. So brand opening, uh, brand closing. Really, really. All right. So, I, I mean, I'm sure people have been talking in nauseam in terms of what what to do um, or whatnot. But we'll we'll get we'll get to our you know our thoughts and uh, about you know what we think about Gary Wilson and the Jets uh, when we get later on the show. Uh, but my last question for you. Uh, before we get into these burning questions, is what is your worry meter on DJ Moore? We saw them play this past Sunday versus their their rivals, Green Bay Packers. They got blown out. We saw Justin Fields throw a lot of passes, but we only saw him throw two passes out of the 37 to DJ Moore. So, I, you know, just seeing the whole game and how it, that transpired, where, where are you at on your worry meter from you know, zero to 10? Where are you looking at? Well, yeah. I'm just going to go back to this thing. It's a cop-out answer. One one week doesn't make the season, right? It, it's it's not, you know, it's not best practice to panic. But I will say I did see some concerning things <laughs> on Sunday. And there's this account that I that I stumbled across, I think, uh, a couple of days ago, a day or, two, a day or so ago, the, the QB class. I don't know who mm-hmm. runs the account, but. I forgot his name, but yeah, he yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I watched it yesterday and today again. Yeah, he he ran through a like a handful of plays about the Bears passing game and the the, the crappy play design they were doing. You know, static sprint out to the left side, and, and the receivers weren't even getting open. And Chase Claypool was sleepwalking. There was a lot of a lot of crappy play designs. Uh, now Justin Fields is missing missing throws as well, but there was just it it, it was it was just all bad. For the for you know Luke Getze designing the plays and things of that nature, but I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry after after one week one week I, I think I think they'll they'll make a, a conscious effort to get DJ Moore the ball this week. He only had two targets, two targets, and both caught both of those targets on consecutive plays in the second quarter, and then he didn't go to him again. So I think one thing that they said out coming out of the game at, is that. A lot of those short passes were part of the game plan based on how the Packers were playing them. 
I think that's BS, but hey, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry too much. I think that, you know DJ Moore is too, too talented, and and we've seen we've seen Justin Fields if he's able to cut it loose, or he's you know he's he's given the you know the the, the green light to cut it loose. He can he can throw the ball down the field pretty effectively, and so I I, I think we'll, we'll we'll see a little bit more of that moving forward. Hopefully, I mean that's the hope, right? But one week, I'm not panicking. Yeah, um, I'm a little worried, but you know, like you said, week is week one. Uh, Lou Getzey better figure it out quickly. I know he he sucked as a play caller so far in his his uh, play calling career. So um, hopefully, he figures it out. Maybe the Packers just knew he was doing it since he was from that Packers tree. I don't know, but um, he better figure that he better figure it out because you can't trade, you can't make that type of trade, and you don't use a weapon. Um, associated with that trade, you over under, over under DJ Moore eight and a half targets on Sunday. Over it needs to be over. It has. I'll, I'll it over. has to be over. If he has any less than eight targets, somebody, somebody's got it. Some, somebody, some heads have got to start rolling. Because yeah, yeah, because that that he should he should be averaging at least ten targets a game. Make manufacture some something to him. Something, it, you know, like just something. They they didn't do any of that. They didn't like what they like what they were doing the preseason. Like they do the screens and the, and all this stuff. Like they didn't do any of that. Any any. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing against Tampa. Tampa that gave up a lot of you know receiving yards to Minnesota. Tampa defense even last year they gave up a lot of yards. So hopefully they can wake up and do something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so the first burning question we want to get to is, you know, we kind of alluded to it with regards to the Aaron Rodgers injury. What the hell do we do with Garrett Wilson? What are we doing with Garrett Wilson? I, I, for me personally, I, I think you you, you, you still got to play him, right? You still got to play him. He's still going to be in your starting lineups. He still got targeted by Zach Wilson. He still targeted him in the red zone. He caught the touchdown. I mean, who, who else who else do you have at wide receiver for the Jets? I mean, Zach, Zach Wilson was bad. Uh, I know in 2022 he his his uh his EPA per play was near the was near the bottom of the league, completion percentage over expected, near the bottom of the league. All bad for Zach Wilson. But in week one, in week one, however, those metrics were you know in the 15 to 17 range. So his EPA per play I think was 17th, and his EPA CPOE composite score was uh was 15. And so he wasn't terrible. I mean, it, it was very surprising. It was very surprising. I know when I looked it up, but I don't know. I, I think I think you still have to you still have to play Garrett Wilson and then just you know hold your nose and and and, 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 and let the results fall. Let the chips fall where they may. Man, man, I don't. Hey, man, I'll. I don't know if I'm gonna play him, man. I don't know if I'm playing him this week. Numbers mm. of the Cowboys. I don't know. Zach Wilson only had a 4.1 ADOT, man. There was only two players lower than that, which was uh, you know, your boy Justin Fields and Desmond Ritter, which who were under four, uh, if you could believe that. So basically they told Zach Wilson, don't do don't do anything past, you know, past where the, the referee lines up, basically. Um don't <laughs> do <laughs> hand the ball off and you know, don't go past that four or five yards. I mean, even though he did have a couple you know, throws over, you know, six, seven yards. But overall, they they were just like, hey, man, just don't screw this up. Our defense is keep, keeping us in the game. Um, you know, just 
Just hold hold the he, ship he did, steady. He did, throw, he did throw a bad interception. Uh, he did very bad. When, when very he got bad. in, when he got in the game. But outside of that, he redeemed himself. Played pretty decently. Played pretty decently. I mean, he, he still looked bad. They should they should have <laughs> lost, obviously. But yeah, he didn't he didn't lose in the game. Clearly, he didn't lose so. in the game. He didn't lose in the game. Like Josh <laughs> Allen lost the like, lost the, uh, lost the Bills the game, and I, I don't know how much I don't know how much smoke he got on on you know national TV. Hey. I don't, you know I you know so one thing just a, a little sidebar. One thing I decided to to like not do this year is is engage or watch any of those sports talk shows with you know ESPN and. In, in in FSN or Fox Sports, because a lot of it a lot of it is just narrative based, and they don't they don't uh, they don't keep the same energy for for turnovers as they do other players. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. But I've decided to like not get worked up over any of that stuff and not feed into the to to the nonsense narratives um, that <laughs> a lot of those things uh, produce. So yeah, all right. Back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Chiefs at the Jags. KC is minus three, 50, 51 point total. Kelsey looks like he's trending to play. So what do we do with these KC wide receivers? I know some people probably starting. I know they started Sky Moore. They probably had Tony waiting in the, in the mist. Um, and they probably didn't play anybody else from that receiver course. So what do you do with these receivers now that Kelsey's now probably back in the mix? My 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 gut feel is to say don't play any of them. Like don't play any of them. Keep them all on the bench. If you own, if you if you roster a Kansas City wide receiver, just make sure they're on the bench. That's my gut feel. But another part of me is saying, well, if Kelsey is playing, then one of these guys will be viable. One of them, just one of them. And I know this is probably, you know, galaxy brain as hell, against the grain. But the one guy that you probably play is Rasheed Rice. Mm, That's the one guy you probably play. That's the one guy you probably play. Now, look, he he was I think he ranked fifth, fourth or fifth um, in routes run last uh, last Thursday, because I know Kadarius Tony ran uh, 11 routes. Rasheed Rice ran 12 routes uh, and then Sky Moore, uh, Sky Moore, uh, MVS. And I believe. Justin Watson ran more routes. Yeah, than... so it was MBS was number one at thirty three. Then you had Sky Moore at twenty nine. Richie James. Richie was, James was next at eighteen. Then you had Justin Watson with sixteen. Rasheed Rice at twelve. Kadarius Tony at eleven. At eleven. And so with that, five. yeah, yeah. So with that, so Rasheed Rice he had twelve routes, but he had five targets on those twelve routes. So it's a pretty pretty decent target rate, and he had three catches, twenty nine yards, and a touchdown. And so that's the only reason why I'm saying that you play you probably play Rasheed Rice um, because Sky Moore was just out there running wind sprints. I it it was super only two only two targets I believe. And I know and I, I know he played the most out of all the wide receivers, but um, and conventional wisdom would suggest that hey, if there's one guy you play, it's Sky Moore. But I, I'm just I, I just I, I can't do it. I can't do it with Sky Moore. You know I I like. I like Rasheed Rice, and it seemed like whenever Rasheed Rice was out there, Patrick Mahomes was was get, was targeting him, was targeting him pretty frequently, even with the limited uh, amount of routes. And that's probably probably because he was a rookie, and you know he hasn't you know got the playbook down or whatever the case is, or it's just first game you don't play rookies that much, whatever whatever that case is. But 
five targets on 12 routes. That's that's pretty encouraging sign. That's the only I can divide. I can divide five <laughs> <laughs> five targets and twelve routes. I can divide. Uh, Jay Z yeah. reference for any Jay Z or Nas reference if if anybody catches that. Uh, yeah. I will say that you know Kadarius Tony, him and Henry Rice were the only ones that had a, over a forty percent targets per route run, which is crazy because Tony was targeted on five five uh, on eleven routes five times, just like you know Rasheed Rice was five targets on twelve routes. So. It's very interesting. I mean, this has been Kadari Tony's MO since he's been with KC's that don't run that many routes, but when he's out there, uh they're getting they're they're trying to get him the ball. So I would I I I think you might be right. I might not start any of them, but I probably need to pay attention this week to see like what's was like what's really going on, how they how they're gonna use these wide receivers. Cause I mean, if you got seven of them in the mix, then I don't you're you're really playing Russian roulette if you're if you're playing lineup. If it's best ball, then you ain't tripping. Yeah, um, you ain't tripping. One yeah. of them's gonna pop, right? One of them's gonna pop. Yeah. But if if you yeah. had a choice, if you had a choice to play one, my mm-hmm. choice would probably be Rasheed Rice. If not, then just don't play any of them and just wait and see. That's that's just that's the advice here. <laughs> yeah, I want to say MVS because he's out there the most, but nah, bro. Like I can't. That's too volatile. I can't do it. So. Yeah. I can't, probably right. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game, Baltimore at Cincinnati. We got Cincinnati favored three and a half, um, 46 and a half over under. Uh, no, this is a rivalry game, divisional game again for Cincy. We need Lamar and Burrow to bounce back, man. They were just, I mean, Lamar was a little bit better than Burrow. Burrow's just god awful. Just looked like he just, Never seen an NFL defense before. Just lost. Just yeah. didn't know what he was doing. It was crazy. But uh, I will say that Lamar is facing the tougher secondary out of the two. Uh, Lamar had a 4.9 A dot, which is pretty low for this Todd Munkin type offense. We never, I've never seen Todd Munkin, at least in the professionals, you know, the A dot is usually, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten areas. So it was just interesting to see that. So, um, what do you think Burrow does here? I know we saw him uh, had a .1 fancy points per drop back, which was second lowest this week one. Only Joshua Dobbs had less than him at .08, I think. So that's what, that's not that's not company <laughs> that's not company you want to be part of. I, I'll just I'll just say I'll, let me just say that first. Like you don't want to be in in, in that kind of company. Now look. Joe Burrow, again, he had his worst game of the season uh, last year's or la- uh, last week or worst game of his career um, last, uh, you know, last week. So obviously that's not going to we, we at least hope that's not going to repeat itself. But, I mean, they they got off to a slow start in 2022 as well. I mean, they lost their first game against the Steelers in overtime. Joe Burrow threw four picks. And then the next week he wasn't that he wasn't that good against the Cowboys. I think he had like one touchdown pass. Um, but then he started started getting a little bit better against the Jets week three, then week four against the Dolphins. So he started to kind of turn it on a little bit. So I think this is kind of like a slow starting offense historically, <laughs> at least at least um, is, if last year's any indication. And so this is going to be it's going to be another tough matchup for them. It definitely, I mean, because you know last week Baltimore was top five uh, in the uh, defensive DVOA, so it's going to be a tough matchup. And, and I know Joe Burrow has been beating up on the Ravens. Um, 
at least in 2021, he absolutely had those those two those two great games. The 2022, not 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 nearly as not nearly as good. I know the playoff game, they were very fortunate to win that. And then there was a game against Baltimore on Sunday night where, you know, he was struggling with, you know, cover two shell. And so it's been a mixed bag, you know, last year, but it, it'll it'll be a it'll be a little bit tougher match. It'll be a tougher matchup than than we're um than we're being led to believe. Since he is favored by three and a half at home, so Vegas, Vegas does expect them to to bounce back. They'll they'll have a better showing, but it'll still they'll still make life difficult on Joe Burrow. But I, I yeah. think I think it's a, I'm not going to say it's a complete bounce back. I, I think he'll obviously he'll be better than last than last week. I mean, you can't be any worse than that. I, at least I hope not, right? Yeah, uh, he'll he'll get he'll get T Higgins more involved. He'll get T, he'll get T Higgins involved because he had zero zero catches on eight targets. Um, Jamar Chase will have a better game. But I'm not ready to say that they're going to, like, you know, set the world on fire in week two. I think it'll take an, an, another week or so um, with, with an easier opponent um, to, for them to really, really get on track. Yeah, they sh- it might be a little bit easier for Burrow only because, you know, Marlon Humphrey didn't play last week. He has, they said he has a chance to play this coming week. And then Marcus Robin, uh, Williams, the safety, you know, he's, he's out uh, with the pectoral injury. So. It might yeah. be a little easier for him throwing the ball for sure, but I mean, like we'll see. The offensive line didn't look good, so we'll we'll see what happens with them there. All right. Well, the next game we want to touch on is the the Seahawks at the Lions. The Lions are six point home favorites, and the over under is forty seven. Um, the, the Seahawks had a poor showing at home against the Rams in Week One. We were expecting them to 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 step all over them, and early on, I mean, they were up. And they were up earlier in the game, and then just things just just went haywire. They only ran twelve plays in the second half. Geno Smith only threw for one hundred and twelve yards total, one hundred and twelve yards total. So that offense just was not, you know, they they were not uh, they were not in sync. Um, so the, I think the biggest question here is like, can that can that Seattle offense, you know, kind of get get back on track, and can Geno Smith can 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 Geno Smith avoid sacks and stay off his back versus the the Detroit Lions defense that pressured Patrick Mahomes 22 times in uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, we saw Seattle sign uh, Jason Peters, you know, he's as old as dirt at this point. So we know at least <laughs> so we know at least one of those tackles that got hurt uh, is not playing. Uh so if, if they're yeah, they lost both, all their then, tackles uh, early in the third quarter. Yeah, so if so. if they can't get one at least one of them back, then he's going to be in a world of trouble. Um but luckily they're playing against Detroit Jared Goff usually scores a lot of points at home, so at least fantasy wise, maybe we'll get some output from you know from all the weapons because none of them did anything um, that's of any consequence. You know, we just saw we saw no, Jackson, yeah, we saw Metcalf get five targets, Lockett four targets, even though he was in and out of that game. Jackson Smith and Jigma, um, even though he didn't really do too much, he had promising signs for for his first game as a professional. So hopefully. And hopefully it gets better because um, I know a lot of people. I mean, I last week I know I thought Geno Smith would be a guy you start, and that failed miserably. So hopefully, you know, he turns it around this week. Even though it could get grim for him if if he doesn't have those tackles protecting him. Yeah, yeah, that that that'll that'll be that'll be tough. That'll be tough. But I I, I do see a, a I do foresee a bounce back for this. Um, for for this for this passing attack at least, um, twelve plays in the second half, they'll they'll probably get more opportunity than that. <laughs> in yeah, the 
Yeah. Um, and then probably on top of that, if their secondary is going to play as poor as they did this past weekend, then yeah, you're, they're going to get plenty of uh, run on the on the uh, on the field. I would hope. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, this is one of the higher scoring games of the week. So expecting expecting some points on both on both sides. All right. So we now got another divisional game. We got Miami at New England. Miami's a two and a half point favorite on the road. Forty six and a half point total. Um, will the Pats hold? Tyreek and Waddle in check. You know, last year we saw them um, not do too much damage compared to other teams. We saw Hill go for 94 yards the first week. Waddle went for 61 week one. And then week two, they both were in, in the 50s because they had Skylar Thompson playing quarterback that week because they were holding out Tua because of the concussion. So what do you think about uh, that tandem versus versus the Patriots defense? I mean, you know, Bel- Belichick did a good job against them last year. So, I mean, now it, it seems like, you know, that, that that Miami offense is is out for vengeance this year with all the slander that they received <laughs> uh, this, this past offseason and not being able to ba- basically finish uh, the, the season on the high note that they started on. And so I, I think I, – I don't know. I, I believe I do believe with in, in Tyreek Hill's quest to get two thousand yards, and so I think when it's all said and done, um, it, at least Tyreek will get his. But they'll probably hold one of, one of these guys in check, and the guy that I probably um, say that will be held in check is Jalen Waddle because he's he's bat, he's still battling an injury, and he he wasn't on the field as much as we would like. I think there I think he was like only third. I think he ranked third in routes run on the Dolphins last last week. If I'm not he mistaken, was, he was second, but he, uh, Braxton Berrios ran four less routes than he did. Okay, so he was okay. So, okay, I got you. Um, but he's still battling that. Uh, that I believe that oblique injury, and he's uh, he was a limited practice participant today. So, I, Waddle's probably the guy that, that I feel like they'll hold in check. I think Tyreek is just gonna you know run all over the field, and he's 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 off to a good start for that 2,000 yards. He's 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 obviously right now he's on pace for. 3,655 yards and 178 <laughs> catches. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, 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 he's on his way. He's well on his way. He's well on his way. But, you know, jokes aside, um, you know, again, like I, just to reiterate, you know, Belichick did a good job against him last year. Um, but I think this year Tyreek's going to get his. Waddle's probably, is probably the guy they slow down a little bit. And then just to kind of close out the burning questions, uh, the last game we want to touch on really quick is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Cleveland is actually two and a half point road favorites, and the total is 39 and a half. And so Vegas does not expect points to be scored in this one. Pittsburgh's offense, they got another tough matchup, consecutive consecutive bad draws. Obviously, they had the 49ers, and they bullied them in submission. Um, but their their offensive line is probably going to get bullied again by by Cleveland because Cleveland absolutely uh, destroyed the Cincinnati offensive line, held Cincinnati to three points, 142 yards, and they pressured Joe Burrow a ton. And so uh, it, I, I know we have high hopes for the Pittsburgh offense uh, this year. Probably going to have to wait another week for them to actually get bounced back, unfortunately. Now, I, I will say this. It is a division game. It is a division game, so anything can happen in a division game. These teams know each other really, really well, and you know we we may see some we may see some uh, some some big plays from George Pickens. He's the de facto number one now since Deontay Johnson's probably going to miss a month with that hamstring injury. 
I, uh, I, but I don't see them being able to run the ball successfully in Cleveland. Even in the rain, their offense wasn't bad. There were, well, wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, I know Deshaun Watson from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective was was okay, but um, but I but I think since they are favored, I think Pittsburgh is going to be in a trailing game script and they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Now the question is is that offensive line going to allow them time um, to to go down the field um, for with, with George Pickens and I know they have they have, they'll have the speedster Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin in there and getting a lot more snaps and then Allen Robinson underneath. And so um, that that's that's kind of how I see the game going. Um, they're they're going to have some trouble running the ball, and they'll be forced to you know to pass the ball a lot more. And hopefully that means opportunities for George Pickens in that receiving in that receiving core without Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I would be worried about my uh, fantasy options for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, per PFF uh, O line D line uh, matchups. Uh, the D line for Cleveland have a 61% uh, advantage versus the Pittsburgh Steelers O line. Um, I, I on uh, in pass protection, um, the Cleveland uh, D line had a 37% pressure rate last week, and the Steelers O line gave up a 20 25% pressure rate. So, um, unless they got you know Daryl Washington out there blocking a the lot. Uh, is going to be problems. I'm not sure if I want to. I'm not sure if I'm even going to start George Pickens in this game. Honestly, we saw what we saw what they what that Cleveland defense did versus um versus Cincinnati. So I would be wary, especially when they got George Pickens only running like nine routes. If you did you see the graphic of of uh some of the games that George Pickens has played within like his career? That you show him line up on on the outside on both sides, and it's always. Just sideline routes, nothing inside. Yeah, go go routes. Yeah, go routes. Fifty yeah. fifty balls. Yeah, contested Come catches. On. That Come that's on, I mean that's his game. That's his game. He doesn't run. He doesn't. He he doesn't really run that many other routes. So yeah. Is so it I, him I, or is it or is it Matt Canada that's designing him just to run nine routes and and jump balls? Well, I think in college, I th- he kind of had a similar issue. He was mo- he was mostly like a like a, a guy that was running down the field and, and getting those fifty fifty balls. I don't think he had uh that many he didn't have that much in his arsenal um from a route tree perspective and i, and I remember looking at one of his charts um from um from matt Harmon, who was doing the reception perception and i think you know his success rate on go routes versus you know posts slants ends drags curls um like he didn't really have great success on on any of those intermediate routes but like mm-hmm. go balls was like the route that he ran the most it was like I think it was I think it was either out routes and then go routes or out routes or or slants or something like that. Like it was two routes that he ran the most of, and the other routes he just did not run that much of. That sucks. Oh so, yeah. So I yeah he he has a very needless to say he has a very limited route tree. Very limited okay. route tree. Well, my suggestion is that I would if you have other options, then I would probably might be looking into those uh, because it could be a long it could be a long night for this uh for this. This Pittsburgh offense, honestly, um, it could it could it could get bad <laughs> in a hurry. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some of these matchups that we like and dislike this coming week. Uh, the first one I got is the Chargers wide receivers versus Tennessee's defense. Uh, I mean, this is something that we talked about last week. We hit on last week, and obviously, you saw what happened. Tennessee uh, gave up gave up the cheeks to to Shahid and uh, Olave, and here we go again. 
you know, they gave up the second most fantasy points to the slot, the second most fantasy points to the wide receivers in week one. Uh, we saw Keenan Allen for the Chargers ran the most routes from the slot last week with 16 routes. So I would definitely be, I mean, obviously he's starting, but I would definitely, in DFS, I would definitely be, he might be an option for you uh, to play against Tennessee's uh, uh, defense. Honestly, on the flip side of that, though, like on the other side of that game, I know it was one week, and I know they were tort- they were torched by Tyreek Hill and in, in, in that passing game, but the Chargers defense versus D Hop, uh, if D, you know, obviously D Hop has a he was limited in practice today, but once he plays, he's going to get a lot of volume, he's going to get a lot of targets, and he's going to be getting open. Um, he's going to be getting a lot of opportunities, so he he could definitely be an option um, from a matchup standpoint against this Chargers secondary that just again just got shredded, just got shredded, and. Maybe we can see Traylon Burks finally make an appearance in 2023. Um, you know, I know it'll it'll take it'll it'll be week two, and we were disappointed with what he put forth on film in week one. But week two, maybe we can see a little bit of Traylon Burks, a little bit more Traylon Burks. Do that make a good point with D. High. We saw D. High have 13 targets week one, so um. yeah, volume's going to be there for sure. Volume's going to be there yeah. for sure. Um, but. Um, just switching gears to another game. Another game that I kind of want to touch on is uh, the Detroit. The Detroit game. We took we touched on the Detroit game already, but a matchup that I like is Jameer Gibbs versus the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks they do rank twenty fourth versus running backs. Um, you know they they gave up you know thirty seven thirty seven uh there thirty yeah thirty seven rushes um to you know to the to the Rams last week, and you know Kyra Williams had a really really good game, had two touchdowns. Cam Akers, I know he only had 29 yards or 22 carries, but he scored a touchdown. So they gave up three rushing touchdowns on the ground last week alone. And Jameer Gibbs, I know he had you know minimal usage. He only had nine touches, but I think he forced a missed tackle on six of those six of those touches. And he he's just ready to be unleashed. Dan Campbell already came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna get this guy more touches. We were just kind of getting his feet wet." That remains to be seen. You know, Dan Campbell does does like to talk a lot. But mm-hmm. I, I actually believe him this time because if you watch that game, every time Jameer Gibbs got the ball, he was either breaking tackles or he was showing off of his explosive wheels. And so that's 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 an encouraging encouraging sign uh, for for Jameer Gibbs, and I think he's gonna he's gonna eat he's gonna eat against that Seahawks uh, that Seahawks defense. All right, the last favorable matchup we want to hit on is Rashad White versus the Bears. Uh, we know we saw Rashad White. He got the volume, but it didn't really do much with that volume versus the Vikings. But here again, the Bears is another positive matchup. The Bears gave up 29 fantasy points per game last season, which was the second most. Gave up 120 rush yards per game, which was the third most. And then we just saw them give up almost 35 fantasy points this past weekend to the Packers, which was the third most uh, given up to the running back position this past week. Yeah, that's not bad. That's 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 not bad. I, I didn't even I didn't even think about that one. But yeah, I, I think that entire Bucks offense they they could be in play. They could be in play. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. We're the first two weeks of the season. We're talking about the Bucks offense having favorable matchups. The first two weeks of the of the season. <laughs> you know, we, we, they, you know, we had Evans and Godwin in Week One against the Vikings. Evans delivered. Godwin not so much, but the opportunities were there. Uh, Rashad White could have could have you know had had a bigger game, but his, his usage. Um, indicated that he was due for a big game, and just didn't just just fell short. And so, and then this week, you know, the Bears they just got gashed and, and and ripped to shreds by um by you know by by the Packers last week. So it, this is a good call. And one honorable mention, one honorable mention, 
uh, Josh Jacobs versus Buffalo. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone around Josh Jacobs is is, is injured. Devonte Adams has a has a foot injury. Uh, Jacoby Myers is probably not going to play. Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a foot ankle injury. So Buffalo, they just got gashed by the Jets. They had a lot of wide open running lanes uh, <laughs> that they gave up to to Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Um, so they ranked currently they currently ranked twenty seventh against running backs. Josh Jacobs, he had a lot of volume last week. He's probably one of those buy low candidates that you can that you that you can try to acquire on the cheap in your draft or in your leagues. And I think he's I think he's due for a you know for for a pretty decent game against that Buffalo uh, the Buffalo run defense. So that's that's an honorable mention that I wanted to to bring up really quick. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. All right, unfavorable matchups. The first one I got to bring up is the Jets wide receivers versus Dallas. The only one of consequence would be Garrett Wilson. And I mean, I kind of sided to the to the side of if you can get without starting him. Now, do I understand you drafted him high, so you're gonna play your guys, but just know that uh in the realm of possibility is two for ten. So um you, you saw the subpar O line of the Jets. They're going against a D line that that had 42% pressure rate last week versus the Giants. Uh Zach Wilson's not good. And with Zach Wilson as quarterback, Garrett Wilson averages about four receptions for 48 yards and 0.1 touchdowns in 10 games. So um, if you're fine with eight points, then all right. Um, If you think you can get some more than that from somewhere else, then I would suggest that. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want any. You don't want anybody to, uh, against this Cowboys defense. I, that you, you, you don't want these problems. <laughs> you, you don't want these problems. You don't want these problems. Um, so, because who, who else? Who else on the Jets? You know, wide receiver core can win. Can win on the outside. Can you? You can't. You, you, mm. you can't answer that question. Nobody can. Alan Lazar can't win. Garrett Wilson can, I mean, he can win, but he's gonna, he's, he's, he's either gonna go up against Diggs or he's gonna go up against Gilly Lock. And so, um, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, but, the, but the other unfavorable matchup, though, switching gears, we kind of briefly touched about, t- touched on this game, but the Pittsburgh wide receivers versus that Cleveland Browns, um, you know, that, that Cleveland Browns secondary, um, you know they only allowed 49 reception yards um, to to the Bengals last week, and they allowed the fourth lowest receiving yards per game to wide receivers last season, and the fifth lowest fantasy points per game to wide receivers last season. So it's kind of kind of translated, kind of carried over um, year over year. And so that that Browns defense has always you know been pretty stout against wide receivers in general. And again, they they don't have Deontay Johnson. Um, I they don't they don't have Deontay Johnson, and um, from an offensive line perspective. Uh, Kenny Pickett was pressured uh, at 46% of the time versus San Francisco last week. So it, it's it's shaping up to be a trailing game script again for for the Steelers and their wide receivers. Most for the most part aren't startable. Um, I, like I, I mentioned that I would probably start George Pickens because he's the de facto number one. But um, outside of that, from a fantasy standpoint, you're you're probably you're you're probably best served leaving the other guys on the bench if you're in a pinch. The only other guy that you can possibly start is Allen Robinson because he may get a, a lot of short dump offs um, under pressure. You know, Kenny Pickett's going to be facing a lot of pressure, so he may get some short dump offs and he'll give you some PPR upside. But outside of that, those are the only two viable fantasy options um, for, for, for Pittsburgh in general um, in week two. And maybe 
Pat Firmu if he's if he's ready to go. I know he's dealing he's got with the injury chest injury. Though. Yeah, so maybe him too if you can if he's available. But yeah, it's it's gonna be tough sledding for them. All right, so before before we end the show, let's go ahead and hit on these this Thursday night football game. Minnesota versus uh, uh Philly at Philly. No, you know this is one of them primetime nights, so you already know what the what one of the storylines is is uh, primetime Kirk. Come on down. <laughs> Come on down, baby. Oh man, over under a 49. Philly's is favored by six and a half. Um Let's talk about the Vikings first. You see the Vikings, they got a team total of 20 and a half, juice to the over. Um, the last time we saw this team play against each other, we saw Justin Jefferson get get the law and order uh, versus Darius Slay. Six, <laughs> six for 48 on 10 targets, and that boy Jets was frustrated, visibly up frustrated on the field, man, while, uh, while Slay was just, you know, just in his – you know, in his in his guts, if uh no pause on that, but he was just <laughs> he was just he just couldn't get free, man. Just couldn't get free. But um, uh, you know, we got primetime cousins on the road. He in that game last year, he he threw for 221 yards and, and three interceptions. They just lived off him. Uh we do know that Philly's gonna be down. Well, yeah, so we do know that Philly's gonna be down. Uh no Bradbury, no Blankenship. So that secondary is going to be a little thin. So it could no be. Kobe Dean. Yeah, no new Kobe Dean on top of that. So uh, it could be good spots for for Addison Osborne. Uh, we know for sure TJ Hawkinson, this is a plus matchup for him uh, with no new Kobe Dean. We saw Philly give up the most yards, most fantasy points, and second most targets to the tight ends last week. Hunter Henry feasted off of them last week. So this is definitely a smash spot for, for TJ Hawkinson. Um, but on the flip side, the Vikings offensive line, they they got Darisaw and Bradbury uh, questionable. They might not play in this game. So if they don't play, they're going to be in a world of trouble versus this D-line. And you definitely, that's a downgrade for uh, Alexander Madison. We saw him get the volume last week and he did nothing with it. So imagine being down two starting on O-linemen against this, this D-line. So uh, I don't think you want to play him. But overall, fantasy-wise, you're going to play Jets. You're going to play Addison. Play Hawkinson, play Cousins. You know, with Cousins, you just hope and pray that he he gets off that that primetime monkey, man. But um, you got anything to add for the for uh, for the Vikings side? Um, no, not not really. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that you you downgrade uh, Madison. I mean, he was already downgraded regardless because you know, he <laughs> last week last week he he, he had a, he had a touchdown, but it it basically masked his inefficiency um, before that that he showed before that. So um, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you play. You don't you definitely don't. I mean, if if you have if you drafted Alexander Madison with like a top four, top four or five round pick, kind of have to play him, kind of have to be in there, at least a, at least as a flex because he's a starting running back. But I mean, if you have other options, I'd probably sit him on. I'd probably sit him, to be quite honest. I'd probably sit him. Um, but but outside of that, I mean, Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, they'll have opportunities um against the secondary because the, look the secondary they gave up a lot they gave up 300 yards and three three touchdowns um to mac jones and the the who's who's of the patriots wide receiver core last week i mean kendrick Bourne torched them for two touchdowns hunter henry had a touchdown and so um you know since brad and bradbury's out i mean they may move jefferson around and jefferson may get free from from darius slay and so he may not get locked may get may not get locked up 
And so there's a lot of there's there's there could be some opportunities for the passing game um, and for, for for Minnesota. But it all it all comes down to primetime Kirk. It's primetime Kirk. Uh, do, does he does he get the monkey off his back or does he continue to show us why we call him that? So that 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 part <laughs> remains to be seen. Yeah. So the eagle on the eagle side, they have a team total of twenty seven and a half. So you know minus one ten. Oh, sorry. But before I hit on the Eagles, I do want to mention one more thing about primetime Kirk. He is minus one twenty five to throw an interception. Mm. Mm. So uh, for for whatever it's worth, minus one twenty five to throw a pick. I'm definitely taking that because why not? <laughs> why not? Just enough juice for me. Um, but that that's just one one more note on on Kirk Cousins. But so yeah, going back to the Eagles, twenty seven and a half team total. Obviously, Vegas thinks they're going to you know blow the doors off of the Vikings, but I don't know. They they were they were pretty sloppy versus the uh, versus the Patriots. Now again, it was raining, a lot of inclement weather across the league in Week One. So we do want to give some of these teams a little grace, you know, a little shoot shoot them a little bail, right? For you know for for having poor showings in the rain. Um, they were up sixteen nothing in that game, and then they barely hang, hang you know hung on to hung on to, to to win that one but um the the biggest thing here though is the running back rotation the running back rotation how's that gonna look now i know G- kenneth gainwell was ruled out uh earlier today so he's not gonna play they they're gonna probably elevate or activate um you know uh, rashad penny um but deandre swift is the guy that we, we really need to watch because Nick Sirianni had a lot to say about him after the game, saying, "Hey, we can't leave a game and only give him two tar- uh, two opportunities. We want to give him more opportunities." And he said that they were he's confident that he could play multiple roles on the offense. I know it's a lot of generic coach speak there, but <laughs> they said that they're they he he's he's pretty confident in Swift's ability. So show us tomorrow that you are confident in his ability. Show us that you know. You, you, you traded a pick for him, you believe in him, and you're going to use him and you utilize him. And so, um, but that's one thing that I'm, I'm that I'm kind of curious to watch is the running back rotation. How much playing time does Rashad Penny get? How how much will Boston Scott mix in? I know he didn't really mix in that much, um, you know, last week. I think he had like two carries. I think yeah. he had more. I think he had more t- more more yards than Swift, but the same amount of carries, or I believe, the same amount of opportunities as Swift. And so um, that's the big thing. And then the, the other thing is uh, Dallas Goddard, no, no catches. And so uh, I think that's another, another focus um, that they'll probably have in, in week two is getting him the ball, getting him the ball, getting the guys that weren't involved last game, getting them more involved this game. Yeah, they're going to definitely have the opportunity because this Vikings defense is not good. So this could be definitely everybody get right. Everybody get right game. The ultimate um, get right game for them. Yeah. All right. So, so the running back room. Do you, so, do you feel confident in starting DeAndre Swift uh, this week? I know. I know a lot of people started him last week and they're probably like, "Oh, damn! Like he didn't give me anything. Do I go go back and 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 you know test the waters again, knowing that Rashad Penny's going to start and you don't know how he's going to how he's going to mix all these these uh, these running backs in." Well, I was I had Swift on the bench in, in leagues that I have Swift. I had him on the bench until the Kenneth Gainwell news came out. So I think I think now I'm I'm a little bit more comfortable starting him because he he figures to have a role. I, I he figures to have a role. Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni talked him up. 
Um, and if the, if it doesn't happen for him, then we're really in trouble. Really in trouble. <laughs> us, us, DeAndre Swift truthers, maybe you, maybe you not as much, but for me, yeah, we're we're in trouble, buddy. We're in trouble. So, uh, but I, but I think, yeah, I think I think Swift. I'm more confident now starting him or comfortable starting him now than than I was earlier today before the Kenneth Gainwell news came out. Yeah, yeah, I feel you there. I, I do. In one of these big money d- dynasty leagues I'm in, I had DeAndre Swift as my RB two, so uh, I need him desperately. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we're on the we're at the end of the show. Make sure y'all follow us on X slash Twitter at Off the Line FF. You can follow. No, 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 no. It's Twitter slash X. We don't put that X BS first. It's Twitter slash X. Okay. All right, you're right. You're we got right, the leg- right. we got to get the legacy name first, and then the, right. the BS rebrand next. You're, you're right. All right. Um, you can follow Ike at just underscore Ico nine. You can follow me at Fantasy Genes. That's G E N E S. Um, let's pray that our our fantasy teams, you know, score more than you know eighty points this week. I had a couple teams that just like just completely just bottomed out because of the bad quarterback play. So I know a lot of people. If you listen to the the waiver wire show that came out on Tuesday with with Ike, he gave us a lot of good pointers. I know you saw some of your fantasy leagues. You saw people, you know, spend a lot of money on some of these running backs that that look like they're gonna be they're gonna be having a a good share of the of, of the load this year. So, um, you know, make sure you tap in with that show every Tuesday uh, midday when that comes out. Um, you know, I don't got anything else. You got anything before we get up out of here? Oh, last last thing. Um, I put out a, a, a list of players on 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 Twitter uh, that you should possibly or or look to trade for before, before the you know before the price gets too steep. Um, I'll, I'll recap some of those again. Chris Olave had eight eight for one twelve. Um, uh, you know, last week against the against the Titans, definitely definitely a guy um, that he he has he has at least thirty point upside. Um, I know we talked about Jalen Waddle, you know, kind of being you know, maybe maybe held in check uh, this week uh, um, by the Patriots, but that's a guy that you definitely should trade for as well because if if for nothing else, like his, you know, his 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 weekly upside is just massive, massive. Um, Save Flowers for the Ravens. He had a phenomenal debut, nine for seventy eight. Most targeted guy um, on the Ravens, forty plus percent target share and target rate. Um, so he was like one of a handful of players to do that on Sunday as a rookie. So already commanding targets out of the gate. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, um, he only had, I know he only had nine, t- uh, nine touches on the Thursday night game, but he's primed to explode. If you go back to 2017, Alvin Kamara, he had 11 touches in his first game and he ended up finishing as an RB3. doesn't really, or RB3 overall. So he doesn't really need that much um, of the rush share, but a lot of what he's going to do is in the passing game. And that's where we're going to see a lot of Jameer Gibbs uh, excel. Um, Brandon Ayuk, phenomenal first game against mm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man. Nine for 132 and two touchdowns, just completely destroying them. And Man. so that's a guy that, you know, if, 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 if you could get him, I'd probably buy high, to be honest. Like, if the, if the price is steep now, it's going to get even steeper because I think he has top five upside. I think he has top five upside, so you you definitely need to go ahead and and, and snag him. Uh, Rashad White, running back, his efficiency was was real meh in in week one, 
but the opportunity was not. He had over 80% of the snaps, completely dominated um, all the, you know, all the touches and opportunities. Um, I know, the success, again, the, the success rate wasn't that good, but nobody in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, um, backfield had good success. So I think Rashad White's is still a good buy low target. Uh, James Cook dominated the backfield in Buffalo. Definitely go go get him. And Brees Hall surprised a lot of people with you know how how much he you know ripped ripped through the Bills on Monday night. So definitely go after him as well because he's it's 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 only going to get better from here. And so those are some of the guys that you should definitely be sending out feelers and sending out offers for in your fantasy leagues. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. One more thing. So. We took we took a break week one in terms of our you know price picks or under our plays period. I know last year we posted them. I think this year we should bring those back now that we you know got a week of data and maybe we put out like a whole you know uh, instead of putting two plays each, maybe if we come up with a whole five slip of plays or or if we plan underdog a three slip of plays, you know, and just kind of go against each other and post it out for the people and and see how we how we do during the uh, the course of the season. Yep. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. All right, so yeah, we'll do that at the end of the year. We need to come up with something. Whoever, whoever does the best, we need to come up with something. So yeah. we'll figure it out and let the people know for sure. So yes, sir. until then, make sure y'all tap in with us next week as we, uh, you know, dive into to week three. So y'all be safe, turn those rosters, and you know, let's let's get some wins. Good luck in week two.